0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Praise God. So good to see all of you tonight. Thank you for being here. Especially want to welcome all of you that are watching via the internet. Glad you can come and be a part of our uh, service here this evening as we just talk about the things of Jesus. How many of you know he's coming again? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I tell you, it's so good. I was thinking about it, this uh, this, well, I don't know if it's morning, afternoon, whatever it was, you know. And, uh, you know, uh, He told His disciples, He said, uh, I will rise again. And we'll probably look at a little bit of this as we uh, look at the Scriptures. But He said, I I will rise again. Now, you know, that was uh, hard for them to get their hearts and heads wrapped around. But guess what? He rose again. And He said... He said as uh, well the angels actually declared that as he has gone so will he come again and you know jesus keeps his word and so we can rejoice praise god in that promise and the blessed hope that we have in him hallelujah and all that he is doing within our lives praise god to sustain us to keep us to bless us glory to god you know how many of you know he's on your side he's for you praise god i tell you uh, there's nothing more comforting and, and wonderful than to know that God is on your side. And He'll just make a way where there is no way. Amen? You know, He's capable of that. I said He's capable of that. And so praise God. You know, I was thinking about <clears throat> uh, Isaac. You know, there was a famine in the land, and he was considering, I guess you would say, uh, going somewhere else. You know, when there ain't much going on, you leave. You know what I'm saying? And yet the Spirit of God spoke to him. He said, no, stay in the land and don't leave. And he said, I'll sustain you here. God can sustain you wherever. The, the thing we have to do is we have to just listen and obey. Isn't that right? Well, so the Bible says that uh, Isaac sowed in famine and reaped a hundredfold. I tell you what, praise God, he can get stuff to grow out of rocks if it's necessary. You know, so it's just always a matter of us uh, listening to him. He told the prophet Isaiah, he said, go down to the city of Zarephath. There's a widow there that I have commanded to sustain thee. You know, it's interesting because he didn't send Isaiah to the king's house or, you know, some place where there was plenty of provision. He sent him to a place where there was almost nothing. And yet God sustained both he, the widow, and the child and uh, kept them, praise God, in grand style until the whole thing was over with. So he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can even ask or think because of the power of God that is within us. Amen? How many of you believe that tonight? Well, let's open our Bibles. i got a good lesson I want to share with you. And um, I think what I'd like to start out with, uh, turn to uh, uh, Romans uh, chapter. Um, Let's see, Romans chapter, i got to find it myself, and then I'll tell you where we're going. I think it's in chapter 15. guess if I would put my glasses on, that would probably help. Hallelujah. Yeah, uh, Romans chapter 15, we're going to use this uh, as a text this evening. It's so powerful. Praise God, <laughs> glory to God. I just talked to some good friends of mine, uh, Marty or most of you. Uh, uh, know of him, and uh, he's in Atlanta and so I spent we spent, I don't know, quite a long time talking on the phone, just catching up things like that. And um, then also I talked to uh, Reverend Gary Crowell, a missionary to China. Uh, he and his wife Connie, are here in the United States right now because there are a lot of things that have changed China as far as availabilities and things of that nature. But he was just telling me that last week he did a, uh, he did a class uh, in India, a bunch of students in India. He did it for uh, an entire week, and he finished that up. And then now this week, he's doing a, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, huh? Zoom. He's doing a, a Zoom class uh, this week uh, uh, in Thailand. And I said, awesome, man. I said, what's that like? He says, well, I said, all I can tell you, brothers, I start at 730, and I get done at 1130. So it's a four-hour deal. I'm sure they take some breaks, you know, and different things like that. But, you know, the Word of God's going out all over the world. Hallelujah. Just like we got done singing about, you know. He was in Albania uh, here just before uh, Thanksgiving for 12 days. Uh, He was there with a couple by the name of uh, Fatmir and Sylvia and uh i've met the couple we were there uh and uh, he said come back you know and uh but <clears throat> you know some of those uh, baltic uh countries are about the only places that you can go to and so it was available for him to be able to fly into albania and he spent 12 days there and uh, preached in four churches and did a bunch of other stuff. They actually have a school there. And uh, so wonderful time there. So like I said, you know, we need to be encouraged. There's a lot going on in the world, uh, most of which sometimes all we see is the negative side of things. But, you know, I tell you what, there's a lot of great things that are going on. Amen. Praise God. So anyway, Joel, find Romans chapter 15? Yeah. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. We'll get into what I want to share with you tonight. Father, we love you so much. We're grateful for your promises. We thank you, Father God, that each and every day we have the privilege of serving King Jesus. And we're grateful, Father God, because of what it is that he's done for us, that he's provided us victory. Father, the Apostle Paul said, Thanks be unto you who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so tonight, Father God, we just want to thank you for your blessing. Praise God. I mean, whatever it is, the devil may be coming against us with It cannot stand because he is a defeated foe. Glory to God. And we are the redeemed. So we rejoice in you and we thank you, Father, for your goodness, your mercy, and your blessing tonight. In Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Look at this verse of Scripture. I've used it often, but I want to share it with you again tonight. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It says, now the God of hope. Everybody say, God is a God of hope. Yeah, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in, what's that next word? Believing. Believing. Hallelujah. In other words, joy and peace is predicated upon a thing called believing. Hallelujah. It's so important in these last days that believers believe. Huh? You know, there really shouldn't be anything, there should be no such thing as an unbelieving believer. But, you know, Thomas, he walked with the master for three and a half years. And he told those men that he was going to rise again. I mentioned this a little earlier. And he said, well, unless I can see it, I ain't going to believe it. And, of course, you know, eight days later, how many of you know God hears everything you say? So be careful about what you say. You know, well, I don't think God can do this, or he must not want to do that, or whatever. Be careful about what you say. Because eight days later, he walked through the wall and he told Thomas, behold, my hands and, and thrust your fist into my side and be not. What was the next word? Faithless, but believing. And I tell you what, believing God's word in these last days is going to be a critical component. And I tell you what, something precious, glory to God. You know, when it comes to the life of the believer. So we read this scripture, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Glory to God, that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Everybody say, Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Yeah, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Praise God. He is our advocate. He is our strengthener. You say, well, you know, I just, I don't seem to be connected here, you know, like I should be. Well, then praise God, let's get to work on it, and let's, let's get the connection. Hallelujah. And let's begin to exercise, because he is our strengthener. He is our comforter. He is our standby. He is our helper. He is the one that is an advocate for us, the Holy Ghost. And praise God, you know, uh, 2,000 years ago when Jesus, you know, came up out of that grave, one of the things was is he said, it's to your advantage or expedient that I go away because if I don't, the Spirit of God won't come, but if I do, I'll send him to you. And thank God he's done that. Glory to God. And it's the Holy Ghost in us, believers, child of God, person, you know, filled with the Spirit of God that, that should put us in a different kind of place, to where we're trusting in and relying on what it is that God has said about our lives. Glory to God. Listen, he will take care of you. You don't have to care. You don't have to worry. But all of that comes as a result of our believing. Peace comes as a result of believing. You know, joy comes as a result of believing. There are a lot of ominous things that we see going on within the world. But I tell you what, my Bible says, these things shall not come nigh thee. Why? Because you're his. The Bible says that only with your eyes will you behold and see the reward of the wicked. You know, there's a lot of rioting and different things that are going on. But I'm telling you what, God is going to sustain his own and he's going to keep those that belong to him, hallelujah. He's gonna take a father's place to guard and to guide and to direct and to keep us where our lives are concerned. You can go to the bank on it, praise God. Now, if you choose not to believe that, and you know you're just gonna allow yourself to be overwhelmed by everything that's going on in the world, well then, you know, it's tough to find some, uh, you know, get some traction, you know, to be able to help people, praise God. But thank God I'm in a room full of believers. Amen. And there's a whole bunch of believers that are out there watching, you know, through the Internet. So let's believe God. Read it with me again. He said, now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, we've been talking about fighting the good fight of faith. And of course, this is obviously a very important aspect of this. Aren't you glad you've got faith? I mean, praise God. The Bible says that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So there is a measure within our lives that enables us to be able to function in a relationship with God the Father. Hallelujah! You know, the Bible makes it clear that God is everything He says He is. That He watches over His word to perform it. That He'll do exactly what it is that He said He would do, and that should bring bring great comfort. To those of us, praise God, that are standing, you know, fighting battles, dealing with issues, whatever the case might be, where God wants to do something significant in your life. But Paul told Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. And so there is a faith fight. Not everyone, you know, Paul, the apostle Paul said, not everybody's got faith. Why don't you turn with me right uh, to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and notice uh, something that the apostle Paul says here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank God for the Bible. Amen. Glory to God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. The Apostle Paul here by inspiration of the Holy Spirit in verse 1 says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of God may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. Hallelujah. Notice again, the King James says, unreasonable and wicked men. The margin of my Bible, you know, says, um, I got to find it here, absurd. You heard any absurd things lately? Huh? I mean, it's everywhere. You know, I mean, absurd kinds of things. Another translation says, unprincipled and perverse. And we see that, you know, going on. So Paul said, pray for us that the word of God may have free course and that the Lord will deliver us. Glory to God. I've been delivered. How about you? From unprincipled and perverse men, because not everyone has faith. And thank God we do. You know, so my life is not built upon what other people think. Huh? You know, I'm not concerned about, you know, the disparaging nature of their conversation when it comes to me and, you know, what I represent, things like that. I could care less because, praise God, I know him, you know. Uh, And so, praise God, it's like the Apostle Paul said, uh, I know in whom I am. I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which, uh, you know, I have committed unto him. He'll keep us. Glory to God, and you can be sure of that, glory to God. But again, Paul said to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. Faith, in other words, believing and and speaking God's word and respecting God's word as the final authority, okay? In other words, when when we look at our lives, we see what it is that's going on, we always measure it in the light of what God's word says. Are you with me? Why is that important? Because if you, if you place your trust, faith, or confidence in the circumstance, or as it appears, it will never change. But if you put your faith, confidence, and trust in what he said and side in with what he said, then God's power will begin to work in that situation to turn things around. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Glory to God. So we let God's word be the final authority, the highest standard of truth, because it is. God's word's true. Hallelujah. You know, he said, he said with God, all things are possible. Huh? Another place, he said, you know, all things are possible to him that believes. So you know, we got a situation. It looks ominous. It's not going the right way we want it to. Thank God, faith can change that. Are you listening to me? I remember a story years ago. Uh, actually, Brother Hagan talked about this. He was a guest in a minister or in a in a church, and this woman came up, and she said she wanted to, wanted him to promise her something. You know, he said I want you to promise me something. He said, "Well, before I go to promising, you got to tell me what it, what it is." He says, "Well, I want you to pray for my son every day, so that he'll turn around and live for God." And he says, "Well, I ain't going to do it." <laughs> and he did, he said that I think more than anything just to get her attention, you know, and uh, he you know it wasn't because it was. It wasn't his responsibility. He just said it wouldn't do any good anyway. And uh, she said, well, why is that? And he says, because, you know, when it comes to this situation, you're the one that's a problem, you know. And so she kind of, you know, got her uh, uh, feathers uh, ruffled a little bit. But he, he went on to explain to her. He said, I'll bet you five cents, he said, that all you ever talk about is negative things about your son. I bet you that you badger him about not going to church. And not only that, but you have thoughts in the night that cause you that you can't sleep because you think he's going to end up in reform school or a penitentiary or whatever. And she goes, well, you must be a mind reader. He said, no, I ain't reading nothing. I'm just telling you that unless you get this thing turned around, and you start saying, he, he told her, he said, you stop bugging her or bugging him and talking about, you know, the fact that he doesn't go to church. Don't say a word to him anymore. He said, all you've done is turn him off. He doesn't want to have anything to do with any of it anyway. And he was, he was older. You know, he was uh, 16, 17 years old. And he'd gotten mixed up in a bunch of gangs and different things of that nature. And and, uh, <clears throat> and he said, "She." so Brother Hagin just told her, you know, stop Stop badgering him. Stop. Don't even talk to him about it. Just, you know, forget it. pray for him and say, Father, I just want to thank you that my son has turned around and is living for you. And so she went home. She was upset, you know, about the whole thing because, you know, the advice that he gave her wasn't what she wanted to hear. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And, and so 15 months later, he came back to that church and... Uh, She said, do you remember me? And he says, well, um, no, not really. He said that the face of this woman's countenance had changed so dramatically she didn't even look like the same person. He said, you know, you left and I was mad, but I went home and I thought about what you said. And she said, you know what, I just decided that I was going to put it into practice. And she said, it was hard. She said there were nights, you know, when he wouldn't come home. He'd come home 4 o'clock in the morning, you know, and this and that and the other. But every time I'd just say, praise God, I want to thank you, Father God, that you're doing a work in my son. Never said a word to him again. Well, finally, one, one Sunday morning, he came in about 4 o'clock. Well, he got up. She had kind of gotten around and making some breakfast. He got, he got up and said, uh, hey, I think I'll go to church with you today. And she says, oh, now, son, wait a minute. You know, maybe you don't want to do that, you know, because, I mean, after all, you've been out late and, you know, you probably need your sleep and rest. No, I want to go. So he goes to church with her on Sunday, comes back, you know, and that was kind of the end of it. She never said nothing. You know, she just kind of went on down the road her way. Next Sunday, he's out till 3 or 4 in the morning, gets up and says, Mom, I think I'm going to go to church. Well, now, son, you know, you know, uh, you might want to, you know, stay in bed, get your rest. She goes, no, I'm going. And so he went. And uh, then that Sunday night, you know, in the afternoon, he said, Mom, I want to go to church with you tonight. And um, she said, well, now, son, you know, you're you you know, you were out quite late, you know, this weekend and different things like that. You probably need to get your rest because you got school tomorrow. He says, no, I'm going. And so he went that Sunday night and walked the aisle and gave his heart to Jesus. And everything turned around. And so what he told Brother Hagin was, after he'd come back, he says, you know what, I got myself a new son. And, and so she turned around, you know, just rejoicing, and walking away. She says, no, by the way, I'm also a new woman. Praise God. So, you know, there's different ways that you can live your life. Hallelujah. These things come against us, but I'm telling you what, they're set on fire of hell. It's Satan's attempt to try to steal your joy. Are you listening to me? But, you know, the Bible says that we're to cast our care onto him. Why? Because he cares for us. Hallelujah. My own, one of our sons, not so much Brian, because Brian was, um, uh, he's probably the most compliant kid you've ever seen in your life. I mean, he was just, you know, straight as an arrow. But Greg, uh, he has a little bit different story. And, uh, you know, the thing about it is, is we pray and believe God. We'd wait up for him at night, you know, and and different things of that nature. And uh, we went through the whole, we went through a battle, you know. And we continued to pray and believe God. And um, his testimony, you know, in the aftermath of of all of that was, is that, um, how was it that he put that, honey? Yeah, He, he said that I always knew that my folks loved me unconditionally. He said, but I never had peace doing anything. And we just, we, you know, we just sick God on them. Hallelujah. You know, because in, 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 in kids' hearts, their heart of hearts, this seed that we preach, the word of faith, has gone into them. And I'm telling you what, it's an incorruptible seed. And as much as they may fight against it, war against it, and speak against it, and all of that, they cannot get away from it. And I tell you what, if you believe God and you'll stand your ground and you'll do what it is that I just got on talking about and say, God, this is the outcome for my children, you will have what you say. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, that's all free. Glory to God. Amen. So, you know, because here's the thing, you know, when you talk about faith and what it is or how it works, someone has defined it this way, that it's eyes that see the invisible. You know, sometimes you just got to look the situation square in the face and say, I don't believe you at all. But I sure enough do believe the word of God. So it's eyes that see the invisible, ears that hear the inaudible, hands that feel the intangible, and the power that works the impossible. That's what God can do in our lives if we'll trust him and believe him. But it requires faith. Now, this is kind of an interesting thought. You know, as, an, as a believer, you're a child of God, everything within your life is conditioned by this thing called faith. That's why it makes it so important. You say, well, what do you mean by that? I mean that you get saved by faith. How I of mean, you got saved by faith. You didn't get saved by good works. You got saved by faith. Hallelujah. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves. It's a gift. Hallelujah. So we're saved by faith, justified, sanctified, preserved, blessed. And it's by faith that we have access to God. It's by faith that we stand, that we walk, that we fight, that we inherit the promises of God, that we resist Satan, that we overcome the world. It is through faith that our prayers are heard. We receive wisdom, physical healing, and the supply of our material needs. And it's only by faith that we can remove mountains of difficulty and see the impossible come to pass. Hallelujah. And that's what faith will do. Like I said, you got faith. Come on. You know, sometimes people will say, well, you know, you ain't got no faith. Yes, you do. I mean, the devil's just lying to you. Glory to God. And so we just need to take that faith and use it. It's only through faith that we can please God. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Well, he that believes that He is and, he the, and that He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him, I'm telling you what, you're in a good place. Isn't that right? How many of you believe that He exists? How many of you believe that He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him? Well, then you got faith. Hallelujah. We're off to a good start. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. So... <clears throat> Peter made reference to the fact that your faith is precious. And it is. Because, like I said, not everybody's got it. You know, he said it's more precious than gold that perishes. And I believe that with all my heart. Because I tell you what, when you got faith, there isn't anything that can stand in your way of fulfilling the will of God within your life. I mean to tell you, it is valuable beyond measure. Praise God. It'll give you peace. It'll allow you to put your head on a pillow and sleep. Praise God like a baby. Glory to God. And not only that, but you can have joy. Glory to God. Yeah. And that's what it is that he wants all or every child of God to experience. Now, let's turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Look at a verse of Scripture here together with me, if you would. Hebrews, chapter 11, and verse 1. It says, Now faith is The substance. Everybody say substance. Yeah, the ground or the confidence, my marginal reference says. Faith is the substance, the ground, the confidence, the, you could say, materiality, the guarantee, huh, of things hoped for. And it serves as the evidence of that which we do not see. So when we find a promise in the Word of God where the Bible says, My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus, that's a promise to you and me, isn't it? Hallelujah. If He says, I'll grant you peace, my peace give I unto you. If He says, you don't have to fear, fear not, I'm with you. These are all things that belong to us as children of God. And it's faith that latches hold of what it is that he's promised and brings it into our life. We have a hope that we can, you know, have peace. We have hope that we can have faith. We have hope that our needs will be met. We have hope, praise God, that that we can live healthy lives. But the word of God promises us that with faith you can bring it into your life and make it a reality. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So then faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not not seen. So now, if you don't have faith, where does that leave you? But we already decided you all have faith, right? All of you that are out there watching, you got faith, right? Praise God. So we don't have to worry about that. But I tell you what, faith makes the difference in our lives, and you can have it. Faith, the Bible says, comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. We're not hearing enough of the Word. You know, I, I see... Um, I think it's on Fox News or advertising that uh, you can go to prayer.com or something like that. And they've got the Bible and what's his name's reading it? How many of you know, huh? Yeah, James Earl Jones or somebody like that. Yeah. And I mean, praise God, if you need to, get, get a copy, download the thing, man. Listen to the word of God. Hallelujah. Probably bless you. Glory to God. Jesus told his disciples to have faith in God. Tonight, everyone, listen, God wants you to have faith in him. You know, whatever the need is, whatever it is we're dealing with, God wants you to trust him. Have faith in him, praise God. Because praise God, he wants to do something in our lives, but he needs our faith in order to make that a reality. And so when, when he said, have faith in God, we could say it this way. We could say, have faith in his word, you know? You know, in the, in the scriptures, like for example, Psalm 112, I keep coming back to this, but uh, we should go over there real quick. I guess as long as we're going this way, let's do it. Praise God. Psalm 112. Look at this. This is awesome. Verse 1 Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that delights, delights greatly in his commandments or the word. Notice this next verse. His seed. This guy that delights greatly in the commandments of the Lord. His seed shall be what? Mighty in or upon the earth. And the generation of the upright shall be blessed. Now that's a promise, is it not? You say, yeah, but I got this deal going on in my life and it ain't looking that way. It doesn't make no difference. The promise to you is is that if you delight yourself in him and his word and delight greatly in his commandments, your seed will be mighty on the earth. You will be the model. You will be the example. You will set the tone. You will, you know, set the pace in order for them as, as an example, praise God. And like I said before, when that seed gets in them, it can't get away. Hallelujah. So he said that your seed will be mighty in the earth and the generation of the upright will be blessed. He said that wealth and riches shall be in this person's house and his righteousness will endure forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. Maybe you don't have the kinds of answers that you need. Maybe you're seeking wisdom. He said that light would come to you, child of God, the one who's delighting in him. He'll give you what you need. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. And, and you know, part of this, the way uh, I, I sense this uh, coming up in my heart is, is that, you know, you got to get yourself set free from the care. You, you somehow, with, with, through the word of God, you've got to get set free from the care. And, and once you do that, then it enables God to speak into your life the things that you need to know. But as long as you're tied up in knots, he can't get the wisdom to you that he wants. Is this making any sense to you? Yeah. Hallelujah. You know, you just got to cast your care onto him because thank God he cares for you. Amen. And if you'll do that, it positions you to be free. Glory to God. You know, and people say, well, you're out of your mind. You know, I don't even know how you can, you know, try to live like that. I'm not out of my mind. I'm in my right mind. Amen. Because I'm choosing to obey him and walk in the light. And he said, my seed would be mighty in the earth, wealth and riches would be in my house, and all of the other things that are described in this scripture. How many of you believe that? Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, uh, if you go on in verse seven, he said, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, doing what? Trusting in the Lord. His heart is established, shall not be afraid until he see the desire uh, come upon his enemies. So thank God. Woo! Puts us in a pretty good spot, doesn't it? But you've got to have faith, and we all have it. And so thank God you can have it. You know, Jesus, he rebuked his disciples quite a bit. He said, how is it that you have no faith? You know, it's it's like there's an expectation where Jesus, the ministry, these people, these men that he had brought next to him and brought them here to his side, and he had an expectation for them to believe. He said, how is it that you have, he said, no faith? You know, another place, he says, be not faithless, but believing. God expects something from us, doesn't he? And thank God we can do it. He wouldn't expect something from you that you can't do. Isn't that right? Praise God, you can believe. Another place he said, again, um, he he said, where's your faith? Where's your faith? Now, on the other hand, before we get too, you know, mean about it, praise God, he commended people for their faith. In other places, he said, "I, I haven't seen so great faith. He was talking about the Roman centurion. He said, I'm not even worthy that you should even come underneath my roof. He said, you just say the word and my servant will be made whole. And I'm telling you what, that moved the Lord Jesus, didn't it? But here's the thing about that. You say, well, how'd that come about? I'll tell you exactly how it came about. The centurion understood authority. And he explained that in the, in the narrative that we have as a record in the Bible. He says, I have men under me, and I say, do this, and he, they do it. And, you know, I have people over me, and when they tell me to do stuff, I do it. He says, so all you got to do is say the word, and it'll happen. And Jesus commended him for his faith. He said, I'm not, I haven't seen this kind of faith anywhere in all of Israel. Because this guy was a proselyte. He was a, you know, Roman uh, a guy. Another place he said, your faith has made you whole. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? He said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Another place he said, when he saw their faith. These four guys that had the guy and dropped him down out of, you know, through the roof. The Bible says, when he saw their faith. See, faith is released by what we say and what we do, by word and action. And if we're talking ugly, and you know, and, and we're all tempted to do that, aren't we? I mean, you know, circumstances come up, you know, or we hear somebody else saying something and we want to chime in and all that and this and that and the other. Well, you just have to guard your heart with all diligence and say, nope, not going to do that. We're going to go a different route. We're going to believe the Word of God. God's bigger than any problem I'll ever face. Hallelujah. And if we'll do that, praise God, then things can change for us. And, and understand, of course, you know, that, you know, faith has its foundations in the known will of God. So, you know, when it comes to an issue that we have in our life, what we need to do is we need to find scriptures in the Bible where it says, for example, I just got in saying this, his seed will be mighty in the earth. God, you said my seed would be mighty in the earth. And there's other scriptures, you know, that deal with you as far as your kids and things are concerned. Find those scriptures. And you say, Father, I just want to come to you this morning. So grateful for what it is that you promised where my family's concerned. And I want to thank you today, Father, because you said that my seed would be mighty in the earth. I thank you, Lord God, for your promises that, praise God, they can run, but they cannot hide. Hallelujah. I mean, you know, whatever it is. And you find scriptures that cover your case. And then you begin to pray and ask your heavenly Father to move supernaturally. Praise God, and he'll do it. How many of you believe that? But it has its foundations, you know, unless you know that God is wants to perform these things within your lives or that he's promised them to you. That's why, you know, the word of God has to become more real than anything else that we're dealing with. And yes, that requires some work and some effort. But, you know, when you're in a battle, praise God, you got to gird up the loins of your mind and you got to get after it. You know, hallelujah, because you're in a fight. I mean, uh, it's just, that's just the way it is. We say, well, you know, I just want God to come and, you know, deliver me. He wants to come. He wants to deliver you. But he needs your cooperation. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. And that's what faith will do. Glory to God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. That's where it all starts. God, you promised. God, you said. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, I mean, I pray all the time. See, the Bible talks about how that we're to pray for those in authority so that we can lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is the will of God. Amen? Isn't that in the Bible? So I pray all the time. I said, Father, I just want to thank you for purging our government from godless, wicked men and women and replacing them with men and women of God, men and women of integrity, men and women who know and who love the truth. And, you know, I mean... It's, it is an amazing thing what's happened. And how many people, the most recent of the Supreme Court justices, full of faith. Just filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, put on that. I mean, she replaced uh, some trouble. Huh? Are you listening to me? And all of these new house of representatives, you know, that have come in. I mean, it's, it's awesome what it is that's going on. And people, you know, in, in, in all of these places, you, you may or may not have been here when we were praying for the nation. And on one occasion, we were praying for the house. Remember? The house, the house, the house, the house. Remember that? Because they said they were going to have this whole great big deal and it was going to be, you know, go all this direction. Well, guess what? It didn't. Huh? God is moving on the basis of what his church, the believers, the children of God are praying And so, praise God, we ought to thank God for it. Are you listening to me? He said, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land. And praise God, he can do it if the church will take her place and do what needs to be done. Hallelujah. You know, I don't care what's going on. Jehoshaphat had an improbable you know, uh, a battle that he was facing when, when the Moabites and Mount Seir and whoever the other ones were conspired against him. But I tell you what, the Bible says that he and all of Jerusalem turned their face toward God. I said they turned their face toward God. He declared a fast. People said, well, I don't want to fast. Yeah, you do. You just don't know it. Huh? You want to put yourself in a place where God can speak to you. And not only that, but move in your behalf. You know, and it's like I said, you know, when it comes to fasting, just a little side note here. You know, fa- fasting doesn't change God. He's going to be the same before you fast, while you fast, and after you fast. All fasting does is change you. Hallelujah. Thanks for your excitement on that. But I tell you what, praise God. Our God is a prayer-answering God. Amen. Amen. He seeks for men and women just like you to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. Unfortunately, in one place he said, I couldn't find anybody. Don't let it be said of you. I'm telling you what, the devil comes into your household, he's messing with your family, praise God. I want you to let the, the lion of the tribe of Judah rise up on the inside of you, take your place and resist him in Jesus' name. Are you listening to me? A lot of folk, you know, they're so, uh, I mean, especially believers, you know, they don't know that they've got authority, and so they, they're so passive. I'm telling you what, the devil, something comes in my house that doesn't belong there, it's not staying. Are you listening to me? You had some kind of wild animal, you know, if your kid leave the door open, and they come in there, I guarantee you you're, well, you might have to jump up on the counter to begin with, but you're going to do something to get that thing out of there. Well, I guess it's just the will of God. I'm going to sit up here on my counter and let the thing tear up everything that's around me. No, you're not. You're going to do something. Are you listening to me? So praise God, it's so important for us to be able to do that. So faith, again, begins where the will of God is known. And here's the thing, you guys. So many people are mixed up when it comes to the will of God in their lives. And I guess it's just because we haven't read the Bible or we haven't rightly divided it, okay? You know, you have to interpret Scripture with Scripture. You know, we ought to do a session sometime on um, how to, um, how would I say that, um, interpret the Bible. You know, there's just some fundamental things probably, you know, that we sometimes take for granted that would help people, you know? So, um Uh, So let's not get mixed up when it comes to his will for our lives. You know, because you'll hear people, well, you know, it may not be the will of God. Where'd you come up with that? Well, you know, we prayed, nothing happened. So since when does that, you know, define the will of God? Just because it hasn't happened. Daniel prayed. It took 21 days for an angel to show up, and he said, from the first day you prayed, your prayers were heard. But the prince of Persia withstood me, and, and Michael, I believe it was, one of the archangels came and helped him. to bring." See, the devil doesn't want you to know what the will of the Lord is. So he will do what he can to try to keep that from coming to pass. Well, all he's got to do if, if nothing ever happens immediately, all he's got to do is just hold you to that place and you'll say, well... I guess it wasn't God's will, or I I guess He doesn't want me to know, or whatever. Listen, God wants you to know. He says, "Don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is." He wants you to know. But sometimes you got to take your place and stay there. You know, when all of this stuff with political business and things started happening, you know, it all looked pretty ominous. You know, and the thing, you know, my prayer to God was, is I said, "Lord, I said, isn't there something we can do about this?" You know, I mean, surely. There's something that we can do about this. You remember when the uh, two angels came to Abraham, and he said, we're going down to Sodom and Gomorrah to see if it's really what it is that we think's going on there. And Abraham said, surely, shall not the God that do that which is right or just? He said, well, if I find some righteous people there, I won't destroy it. You know, and then pre-adventure, he went on down through that. He started with 50, got all the way down to 10. He said, you know, one more time, if there's 10 righteous in the city. Will you spare it for the 10? He said, if I can find 10, I will. And he didn't find 10. I think it was, what, 8 or something? I don't remember. Whatever, lots, uh, uh, whatever that number was. But what am I saying to you? I'm just saying, you know, that a lot of times um, we don't really interpret things rightly within our lives. People, I mean, it can be as simple as, you know, people are having hardship and trouble and they think that God is against them or that he's holding something against them or, you know, he's mad at them or he's whatever the case might be. Listen, Jesus took the wrath of God uh, on that cross for you and me, and his blood was enough. Hallelujah. And, And so what happens is, you know, if I think that God is somehow or another unhappy with me, I won't have faith toward God. It's an impossibility. But if I know He's on my side, that I know that He's for me, and I know, praise God, that Jesus paid the price to give me the place and the access that I have before God, not that I deserve it, but because of what He did, then I can stand before my Father, and I don't have to be condemned. I don't have to have guilt. I don't have to have a consciousness of sin, because He did something for me. Hallelujah. And that puts me in a place where I can be blessed as Uh, so with you as well. Praise God. So, um, um, let's see. It really doesn't matter. I'll come to a close here because we're coming up on our hour, but it doesn't really matter how much God wants to bless you. If you will not believe it, nothing's going to be done. And that's disappointing. No question about it. But on the other side, the flip side of that, is like I said, if you can believe, all things are possible. So let's make some good choices, shall we? You know? And sometimes, you know, again, people, uh, it, it, it's, it's a difficult dynamic, you know, when you start dealing with people and their emotions and how they feel about this and that, and you say, well, your problem is, is you don't believe. You know, people can get kind of riled up. Have you ever noticed that? You know, kind of like, how dare you? But, you know, I didn't, I didn't make the rules. You know, but the thing about it is, you know, even in Isaiah, we we read the Scripture. I think it's in chapter uh, 7, verse 9. He said, if you do not believe, you will not be established. Well, the reciprocal of that is, is if I do believe, then I will be established. Praise God, God will start putting some props up underneath me. Start, you know, rearranging things within my life, start giving me some stability, some traction, some things that can, you know, really change my life. And, and, and I think all of us can probably testify to that when we, when we made our commitment to God and he started working with us huh, to bring about these changes in our lives. He said, well, you know, you can't do that anymore if you're going to walk with me. You know, you can't party your brains out and expect to get blessed by God. You know, and there's things that are fundamental to that. You know, people, they'll spend all this money so that they can try to run away from life and get high or get loaded or get or, 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 or drink themselves into oblivion. And then when they come around, you know, and it's all over with their their the, the economy of their life has been wrecked because they've spent uh, all of this money. So it, it's, it's like a two edged sword. You know, and it's just so destructive and so ruin, ruinous, is that a word? I don't know, but it is, you know, and, it, and the thing about it is, is God says, dude, you're, 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 for lack of a better way of saying it, killing yourself. If you'll listen to me, and if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to strengthen you, then these things can be changed. And praise God, I mean, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. We've seen so many people whose lives have been transformed because they chose to believe the Word of God. Amen? And so it's so good for us to understand that. Amen. Uh, I think that's it. That's about all I can come up with. Well, it's not all I can come up with, but that's all we have time for. Let me, let me just conclude with this verse in Luke. And you're familiar with it. It's chapter 18. You can go home and read it. It talks about the unjust judge. And, and what Jesus did is He told this parable to the intent that men ought always to pray and women and not to faint and lose heart and give up. Huh? We got, it's 8 o'clock. We got four minutes, don't we? Look at this with me. T- turn to the, the gospel uh, of Luke chapter 18, real quick. And let's read this story together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Look with me in, in chapter eight, 8. Did I say 8 or 18? Eighteen is where I want you to go. <clears throat> In verse one, he said he spake a parable unto them to this end: that men ought always to pray and not to faint or lose heart or give it. men ought always to what? They, they should what? Pray. They should what? Pray. What should we do? Pray. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. huh? Is any among you, use the word afflicted, but it means tested or tried, let him pray. So Jesus speaks this parable to the intent that men ought always to pray. And and, and listen, you guys, it's not, it, it's, it's the, the the kind of praying that I'm talking about is not where you succumb, or that's not really the right word to use, Um um, accept, you know, the negative thing that's going on within your life. The intent behind the prayer is to get delivered. Huh? You with me? So, so when you read this, and this is an important point when, when it talks about this parable, it's it, what you need to understand that this is a contrast, not a comparison. Okay. You know, God is not unjust. He's not an unjust judge, you know, and you're not the widow woman. It's a contrast. So he's saying, if this widow woman can make this happen with this outfit, ugly, whatever, ungodly, corrupt guy, then shall not the judge of the uh, uh, of all the earth do right for you? And the answer, of course, is yes. So let's read it real quick. Notice what it says. He said there was a, uh, in a certain city, there was a judge again who feared not god neither regarded man and there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying avenge me of mine adversary and he would not for a while but uh, afterwards he said within himself even though i don't fear god i don't care about men yet because this woman troubles me i will avenge her by lest by her continual coming she wear me out now a lot of people have thought and interpret that, where you just bug God till finally he just says, okay, I give up. And, and I think what's uh, important for us to understand here is, is that, notice it says, um, um, here, well, verse 6, it says, And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge says, and shall not God avenge his own elect? which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, is he going to find faith on the earth? And I say, yes, he is going to find faith on the earth. So he said, less by her continual coming. Well, if you look at that carefully, you find out that really what he was saying is, is because of her importunity, or her shameless stand. She just said, I am not going anywhere until I receive justice. Are you with me? So he's just saying, if a widow woman with no no leverage or anything like that can get an unjust judge to take care of her situation, you can bet that God will take care of yours. How many of you believe that? Amen. Let's stand together tonight. Hallelujah. And I want you to uh, think with me for a moment. You know, if you've got a certain situation, you know, that's going on within your life, um, let's believe God. Right here, right now. Glory to God. I mean, I believe that God, see, this can be the beginning. Tonight can be the beginning of a turnaround within your life. You know, where you say, God, you know, I haven't done real well here. I haven't performed maybe like I should. But i got to tell you, I've learned something here tonight. And I, I, want a new, I want a fresh new start. You can have it. Glory to God. You know, and you can begin to address your situation in the power of of the name of Jesus, glory to God, and and begin to see things turned around. So don't know what you're dealing with, don't know where you're at, don't know what the need is, but I tell you what, praise God, let's take care of it here tonight. I want you to just let your heart agree with this prayer as we pray together. Uh, here this evening. And those of you that are there watching online, you can do the same thing right where you're at. You've got a need in your life. Praise God. You can take this. You can pray this prayer with us. And God can begin to move supernaturally where your life is concerned as well. Hallelujah. Because He's the God that's more than enough. Follow me in this prayer tonight. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight as your child. And I thank you for the promises you have made. And I bring my matter up to you, Father, and I thank you that you're more than enough to solve the problem and set me free. So Father, I believe that you are able, well able, to turn this situation around. And I trust you tonight. God forgive me for not looking to you As I should but I do now and I thank you Lord for working in my life to bring about that which is good thank you Lord for your blessing I speak life to my situation in the name of Jesus and I thank you Lord for your blessing where my life is concerned in Jesus name And everybody said, amen. Praise God, so be it. Glory to God. So, make sure that from here forward, you're saying what the Word says about the matter. Hallelujah. Your brain, you know, the devil will come and say, yeah, what about this? You say, well, never mind about that because it's none of your business. (laughs) Hallelujah. And if he persists, then you can just tell him what the Bible says. Go ahead and be seated. We're going to receive our